Hi, I'm Dan Boyd. I'm Kimmy Zeiler. St. Ignatius of Loyola said, Out of gratitude and love for him, Jesus Christ, we should desire to be reckoned fools. We're seeking to discover Christ in everything, from the banal to the sublime, and this is Fools, fools for, for Christ. Christ. Happy Tuesday, and welcome <laughs> to Fools for Christ. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, I hope your week is going well. I know it's only Tuesday, but I hope it started off bright and wonderful. At least it's not a Monday. That's true. How's it going for you, Kimmy? It's going good. Work is going wonderful. I am loving. I know I mentioned I had a new job. I just love it so much. That's great. I'm so grateful. Like, love my coworkers, love my boss, love uh, the environment, and um, being able to just do ministry. Hey, man. So somebody's going to smack us, but I kind of feel the same way. They're going to like reach through and be like, well, I don't like my job, and I don't get to do ministry all the time. I'm going to smack you two. Um, but don't hate us. Uh, we're just... We, we've, we've talked about this a number of times. Um, this is the fruit of good campus ministry at a university. And, yeah. I mean, scores of our friends work for the church yeah and we all really like what we do mm -hmm. and we're still close to one another and like the most important thing we're still close to the lord or trying to get close to the lord at least even if you know we're not perfect now um and it's such a joy to have that friendship and that fellowship and that common experience of it was through campus ministry for us at ucf uh, but for many people we know at Florida State or yeah. through Focus or through some other campus ministry mm -hmm. um, that they encountered the Lord and that was what brought them where they are. So I'm yeah. happy to be here. I'm very grateful to all the people who make that possible at UCF <laughs> because that's going to continue to support the church for years and years to come. Yes. Amen. Well, we are continuing our hidden gems. <laughs> Serious, you gotta say it like that. I liked the way like, you just said that. <laughs> that's that would be like Indiana Jones in the Hidden Gems. Um, this one is literary edition, or kind of. It started off kids' books, and then it quickly grew into adult books because we like both types of books. Um, <laughs> I unabashedly love children's books oh, of yes. any age. I mean, like Dr. Seuss. Winnie the Pooh. I don't even know who wrote Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I know it wasn't Christopher Robin. I only, almost said that. He was a character. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, that because they are... Like, what's good for children is good for adults, too. And yes. I think sometimes we grow out of that. Mm -hmm. um, and Jesus used fiction. Uh, and he used yeah. it a lot. And he used simple fiction. And he used advanced fiction. And all of it was good. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, I like kids' books. I like adult books. I think I might like kids' books more than I like adult books because I think sometimes adult writers try to impress their audience, uh, and the writers of children's books rarely do. Mm -hmm. uh, they try to uh, to please them and to present simple truths, but in, in doing so, they can be profound. Yes. And I think adults lose that sometimes when they're trying to sound smart and adulty. I agree. I agree. I think sometimes... Um whether it's getting bogged down in descriptions or getting into um, like over scandalizing or you know like yeah. getting too caught up in, in what's shiny rather than the heart of the matter. Yeah. I think I think I find that to happen more in adult books than I do in children's books. 
Yeah, I read recently a... It was kind of like Sherlock, but rather than going forward in time, like is kind of a common thing right now, they went back in time. So it was like they took Sherlock into... Uh, it was like high middle ages of England or something. Interesting. Um, yeah, so it was like a sheriff and a, a bailiff coming from oh the king's goodness. prison to come investigate a murder. Um, and it was about 400 pages, but it could have been 120 because mm. it was... The author just sent this these couple on these like needless silly quests that mm-hmm. were. It was kind of like when you go to a, a like a restaurant and they give the kid a kids menu with a set of crayons and there's this like spaghetti string maze or spaghetti noodle maze. It's like follow oh, yeah, all yeah, the crazy yeah. lines. And I felt like that's what was going on. Like oh. the author was like, ah, you're eventually gonna get there, but you got to follow every single possible loop. Mm. Um, and I didn't like it. I only. It was only because I was stubborn, and I don't like not finishing a book I start that I kept reading it. Uh, but, I mean, it's odd to say I finished a book not because I wanted to, but because I didn't want to not finish it. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense. But. No, I think it does. I've done that before. I've gotten um, attached to a character in the book, even though I didn't like the plot, or I didn't like the, the style of writing. Yeah. And I wanted to see what happened to the character, even if I didn't really enjoy reading the book. You know? Mm-hmm. Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, absolutely. No, okay, fair enough. Yeah. You can get invested in, and say, like, okay, I've got a um, who done it. I got a, you know, I want yeah. justice for, for so and so. Or I got <laughs> like, do they get the guy? Do they get the girl? Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever it happens to be in the book. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like every rom com ever. Like, 20 minutes in, you're like, okay, I know the plot already. I just want to see <laughs> if it really happens the way I think it's going to happen. I still need to read it to know. Yeah. 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 Um, Oh, good old rom-coms. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with our first one, Dan. Yeah. Um, so first book is Crime and Punishment. And uh, if you are not familiar with this book, um, you should be. It's great. It's awesome. <laughs> and I have not read it. Yeah. Disclaimer. So Dan is taking the... Uh, the lead on this. Yes. So this is a Fyodor Dostoevsky book. He was a Russian novelist. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's most famous for The Brothers Karamazov. Yes. Um, yes. Which is a, a mammoth book. Uh, I think you, like, um, you need to, it's like, you basically have to take three years of your life to read it or something. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure that's what, I had a friend who was in the midst of reading it when I met him. Yeah. I think it took him another year to finish it. Yeah, he's probably, <laughs> probably in a different decade of his life now or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but th- So this one is, it's still long, but it's not that long. Um, and uh, long story short, it's about what happens when you think that your actions have no consequences on you or on other people mm. um, and try to live as if, I would say, let, live a disjointed reality, not recognizing that we have a body and a soul, and when we do bad things with our body, it does bad things to our soul, mm. um, which is really at the, the heart of the Catholic understanding of morality mm-hmm. and virtue, and that um, good actions make us happy, bad actions make us miserable. Um, so our main character in this book, um, at the start, is actually a kind of a, he's very, very arrogant, uh, okay. and he's in, he's in the, kind of the midst of suffering, and he's so smart, he doesn't believe in God, okay. he's so smart, he thinks that he has risen above uh, humanity's common, what he considers humanity's common rule and law for treating other people well because he thinks that's only for weak-minded folks Mm -hmm. so that they get along basically uh he thinks that 
weak people banded together against strong people and created rules and laws for morality so that they don't get hurt and trampled on by the hmm. whoever's the strongest. Interesting. And he decides he's the strong one and he has every right to trample on everybody else. Hmm. And so he does this by committing a very, very uh, heinous, bad crime. Uh, mm. I mean, it's a it's a horrible sin. And, and in the book, he's put all this thought into it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, so it's it's clear it's laid out. Yeah, um, and there's I mean, there's great characters all throughout the book. Yeah. And um, it's not a it's not a happy book. I heard somebody describe Dostoevsky's book recently. It's like going through 800 pages of hell to get through one page of heaven. Um, so if that's not <laughs> like if that's not your idea of fun, um, I don't know who who it would be for. Uh, but for me. I uh, I like the glimpses into the reality of human existence, mm-hmm. and um, sometimes that includes suffering. And, and I like to be reminded um, life is not a bowl of cherries for lots of people. Mm-hmm. And he does a great job of lifting the veil and saying, like, no, this is the reality of poverty. So I mean, he touches mm-hmm. on prostitution, and I think on drugs and uh, just what happens when people don't have the need or the means to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, if I remember correctly, like it's been years since I read it, but the character's name was Rodia, uh, Rodia Poniatowski or something like that. Okay. Um, and he, so he commits this crime and it drives him insane mm. to the point of almost wanting to take his own life because he, it, uh, so like, almost like he needs someone to know that he's guilty mm. because he wants to be forgiven, I think. Mm. Um, and... Uh, there's, it has a great ending. I won't say what it is because I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Okay. Um, but it's it's a great, great ending. I mean, it totally mm. makes it worth the slog through the, the long book. Um, definitely worthwhile. I think it's it, it was a really fun read. And someone told me once that the crime and punishment is perhaps not the best translation of the title because the Russian equivalent would actually be something more like sin and repentance or crossing a line. And then coming back. Hmm. Um, so definitely worth a read when you have two months of your life to give to it. <laughs> so, well, what about it makes it one of our hidden gems? Um, I would say it's, so it's, it's lesser known. Mm-hmm. Um, and you might pick it up and initially someone might miss because of the, um, it's stark. You read it and it's a stark portrayal of what happens when humanity is not living in accord with God's law. And that it's not an definitely not like an explicitly Christian book. Like this is not Narnia. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing I love Narnia, nothing. Oh, yeah. Narnia. But yeah. this is not that. Um, he's not trying to be preachy here. He's simply painting a picture. He's a literary artist and he does a great job. Um, and so it's a it's secular literature that teaches us a profound truth about human existence. And that to me it's it's a great book. That's what makes it a hidden gem and that there's so many books out there to sift through. Some of them are, they're brain candy. You know, they're nice to mm-hmm. read. It's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew, I grew up on Westerns. None of them really had a deep moral, yeah, but they're, they're great to read. Yeah, entertainment. Yeah. Like the, Jane Austen novels. They're yeah. They're pure yeah. entertainment. Yeah. This goes beyond entertainment. This mm. goes to spiritual sustenance. Hmm. Awesome. So, what's our next book, Kimmy? Our next one is a children's book, um, A Wrinkle in Time. It, it's a Newbery Award winner. Um, I don't remember... I think I read it in middle school. 
Um, but I'm not sure if it was required reading or if my sister made me read it <laughs> because we would we would do that as a family. Like if if one of us discovered a good book, we would make the rest of the family read it so that we could talk about it, which I think is so neat. Like not everyone gets to do that with their family. I thought you were gonna say that when someone was assigned a project and they didn't have time to, they would make you read. The oh. book. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we enjoyed reading too much for that. Um, no, it was, it's a fantastic book. Um, and so, uh, it focuses on this young teenager, um, and her family and her, her dad is missing. And, um, three peculiar women show up Hmm. and take them on an adventure through space with her siblings uh, well, with her brother and her classmate, um, to find her dad. And, um, so they go to different planets, they meet aliens, yeah. they, um, they end up encountering the darkness, which the darkness is what has her dad. Oh. Um. I have, like, a million questions right now. I, have, I know nothing about this book. <laughs> I re- every, like, every turn, I'm, I want to be like... What, what do they travel with? Like, how do they get there? What's it like? Oh, and uh, that's what's so interesting because it's written for a young mind. Yeah. But it it treats the young mind um, as if they can understand much more complex theories. Which they usually can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't, it like, um, like Tesseract. Um, the, uh, that's how I know what a Tesseract is. It was from reading A Wrinkle in Time when I was in middle school. Yeah. Because... That's how they explain the time travel. And um, her dad was experimenting with it, which is why... um, Well, not time travel, space travel. um, Which is why the dad ended up in the darkness. Okay, gotcha. Um, So it was was an accident of sorts. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I guess that... I I was trying to think of if I was giving away too much, but I'm not... Um, <laughs> but what's neat is, um, it's so innocent, um, and she, she's the hero without it having to be like a, she's the hero without it needing to be like a fight story, if oh, that makes sense. Yeah. So without, does it have authentic drama, even though it might? Oh not yes. Be? Okay, gotcha. So it's got that's great because it to have drama without have a fight without having a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost foreign to our our understanding of of media right mm-hmm. now. I mean, if it's going to be um, either reality or fiction, it's got to have a fight. Otherwise, it's it lacks drama. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that, that's uh, that's almost Chestertonian. I would say <laughs> just to recognize the drama in the reality of life. Yeah. Um, there's also the scripture woven throughout it, which I didn't remember. I just actually reread it because I saw that it's coming out as, as a movie in oh, February, which great. is pretty neat. Disney is taking it on. So um, can't wait to see what comes of it. Cross your fingers that they do it justice. Yes, yes, please. Um, but they've got a great cast, so I'm hopeful. Um, but what's the part that really struck me as I reread it was one of the aliens she encounters... Um, they can't see. The aliens can't see. They, so they have no concept of seeing. And so um, they ask her who those, these three women are that have been guiding them. Yeah. And she's trying to, to explain who they are. But she can't use any concepts of sight. 
or how they look. Well, that becomes very challenging. And so the alien is like, why can't you just tell me who the person is? Why do you why do you need to tell me what they look like? This Ooh, this thing of sight fun. is that's so fun. limiting to you, you know? And so it's just these kind of concepts are constantly thrown into the book that really stretch your your worldview and your mindset as you're reading. It's really neat. So why would you call this a hidden gem? Um, because it's it's in it's a Newbery Award winner, so okay. it's like within the genre of like a bestseller yeah. children's book. Um, and um, it's a gem because of just the truths that come out okay. so strongly and so evidently and the way it challenges you to think about them and come to them on your own terms. You know, because it it doesn't provide the answers, but it challenges your beliefs. Gotcha. Okay. I like it. How... About how long do you think it would take to read? Four hours. Four. Oh, okay, gotcha. So yeah, it's a short book. That's like two pages of Dostoevsky. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to know. Okay. Um, well, our next one is actually not one book. Yeah. But it is three books. Yes. So this is we're gonna go to a like a someone that everyone knows, C.S. Lewis. Yes. But books that very many people are not familiar with. I speak mm-hmm. about these books to a lot of people and they never know that Lewis wrote a space trilogy. Yes. Uh, so this includes Out of the Silent Planet, mm-hmm. Paralandra, and That Hideous Strength. Yes. Now, um, before we start talking about it, I believe that this came... Tolkien and C.S. Lewis challenged each other on who could write the better space trilogy. Really? And Tolkien never got around to writing it. Writing his. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, at least we got one of them. Yes. Out of it. Yeah. Yes. So if they never had that challenge, we would have never got anything. Yeah. That's fat. So uh, Tolkien actually did write kind of a cute little story for his little kid. Oh yeah. Um, it was about a dog that goes to the moon. Oh. Um, very very cute little story. I want to say it's like Rocket Dog or Moon Dog or something okay. like that. Um, but it was no trilogy. Um, and it was not as good. I love Tolkien, but it was not as good as the Space Trilogy by yeah, Lewis. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess we'll hit the hidden gem aspect first. Yeah. It's hidden because it's lesser known. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a gem because, it, I mean, it's beautiful. Like, if, um, if good art is, like, food for the eyes, this is food for, like, your literary appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's so beautifully written. It is. Um, like, if you... Don't don't worry if you're not into like beautiful descriptions. But Lewis the Lewis the master of English comes out really in this book mm-hmm. in describing things that you've never seen, but you can see with your mind's eye when he writes them. Yeah, and he doesn't take the time. I mean, I mean Tolkien writes beautiful descriptions, and he takes a lot of time yes. to write his descriptions. Yeah. Um, C.S. Lewis is very succinct in the way, in, but very full. Yeah. In his descriptions. Yeah, he's you get a you get a complete picture. Um, without it being like a four-page poem, um, which I love about Tolkien, but sometimes it takes a long time. Yeah. Um, and I would also add the um, there's just beautiful truths about our relationship with God in here. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll I think we'll kind of only hit two books here. Yeah. Um, the first two, because uh, I would say they they they're standalone. Um, 
And the, in all honesty, the third one kind of like flounders a little bit for me. Uh, it's worth it's worth a read. It's different. Yeah, it is very each different. Each book is very different, but the first two kind of go with each other, and the last one is just so different from the other two yeah. that I mean, if you when you read them, yeah. you'll understand what we're talking about. Yeah, I don't want to say too much, but it's very very different. Whereas the first two have the, the same feel. Mm-hmm. So the first one is Out of the Silent Planet. Um, and I hope I don't accidentally reveal any information about this without without trying to um, about like what the secret stuff. But um, it's about traveling to another planet and uh, what it would be like to encounter other creatures that have not experienced original sin, mm. uh, which is really yes. really cool. So it's uh, he encounters a. An old society. It's been around longer than humanity, mm-hmm. and they—they're not Christian, um, at least in, as far as we as we would understand it. But they are—they—they um, they understand God's plan for morality, God's plan for yeah. life, and they accepted it rather than rebelled. Mm. Uh, and that is—that's fascinating. Yes. So really, really neat. And he goes with other human beings, and so. The first, the first ever interaction that these creatures have of sin and evil and going against God's will is from humanity, and mm-hmm. we bring it to them, which is uh, kind of a heartbreaking cautionary tale. Like, I wonder if we yeah. were to engage in space travel, like, would we scandalize the the aliens for how bad we are? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's one of those books that it's. Um, as I was reading it, I was just excited to be on this adventure. Yeah, absolutely. It's an adventure. It's an adventure book. Uh, and I think you could probably read the whole thing in a day. I mean, if you had a Saturday to, to waste yeah. or a Saturday and a Sunday, you could knock it out pretty yeah. easily. Yeah. Um, Paralandra is a little longer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would, I might, I might say there's less action, um, but more beauty and more truth mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. Um, and I love, I love what the, so the protagonist. I love what you, I don't remember the protagonist's name even now, but I, I love what you, how he learns from the aliens. Yes. And how he becomes a better person. Yeah. Um, not that he um, was evil going into right. it. Yeah. But he he grows from the experience of um, of meeting these creatures. Yeah. And so then that follows through to the second book because we're following the same protagonist. Yeah, ransom. Ransom. Yes. Yeah. Um, so he, yeah, he, um, then he meets another, encounters another alien civilization on another planet. Um, and now this is the, like the flip side of, I think this comes early in the book, so I don't feel like I'm giving away a secret here. No, you're not. Um, rather than coming across a civilization that's old and, uh, and never rebelled against God, he comes across a civilization that's very young and has yet to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And it is... And he's there for the choice happening. Yes, it's, it's nerve-wracking because you're mm-hmm. the whole time you're like, oh, is, is there going to be an equivalent of the eating of the apple? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's awesome. And that planet, like the planet that he goes to, oh, it's so beautifully described. Yes. Like, I want oh, to be there. Goodness. You want to live there. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the coolest things. Yeah. Um, I think... I've recognized echoes of both of these books in a lot of other movies. Mm-hmm. Some that don't bear mentioning. Um, but Interstellar, I would say, oh. might, I think there's there's probably like a little bit of an echo. Yeah. Um, 
in a really, really fun way. Yeah. Um, I will say about the second novel, uh, I can never pronounce it. Paralandra? Um, Paralandra. I always want to say like Prolandria or something. Um, Paralandra. Um, it, there, there's one section of the book that is incredibly difficult to read because he's wrestling with that evil. Yeah. Um, quite literally. And it's, um, it's so like impactful Mm -hmm. that I had a friend who, as she was converting to Catholicism, she read this book and it like solidified her conversion. Oh, wow. Because she realized, um, the way sin was displayed in the, in this book, um, it convicted her of the ways that she still needed to turn to God. That is, that's difficult to do. Uh, so just a testament to um, to the gift that Lewis had as a writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's outstanding. Yeah. Um, so the next we're going to move to is actually another set of books. Yes. This is Orson Scott Cards. Uh, I guess Ender's Game. There's how many? There's a bunch of books in the series. I don't know exactly how many. Four or three. He keeps adding more. Yeah. He keeps um, writing more. But we'll only hit two for now. Yeah. Um, we'll start with. Ender's and game. It, if we're using a lot of space books, I didn't. I initially when we were planning this out, I was like, "Oh, we have a wide, wide range," and now I'm realizing they're all about space. That's true, except well, for crime and punishment. Oh yeah, well, yeah. crime and punishment is enough about not space that it balances out. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, take it for what it is. Okay, so uh, the first Ender's Game. Um, there was a movie uh, that came out for Ender's Game quite a while ago quite a while maybe three years ago four years ago I think even more than that yeah okay um it's essentially a world where earth has been um ravaged by these aliens and um so the earth has come together all the countries have come together to prepare for the next battle against these same aliens mm-hmm. And so what they've done is created this space camp training facility um, to um, build up young people who will be the military fighting right. fighting the aliens. Um, and there are so many ethical questions <laughs> yeah. in this book that um, the way you read it towards the end... Um, don't watch the movie first if you haven't watched it. Just read the book first because uh, you're not expecting the twist at the end. Um, or at least I wasn't expecting yeah. the twist at the end. Yeah, I don't think I was either. It kind of blew my mind. And um, I was I was really angry um, with the way... Like, I had placed myself so much in Ender's mindset that I was very angry with the way that it came across because he had been wronged. Yeah. And so it's all these ethical questions, um, in the way that I don't, I'm not giving it justice with my description. And it's hard to know without giving the book away. And so I think that's, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) we, We don't want to ruin the story. So if you haven't read it, go read it. Um, and you'll, you'll get what we're talking about. But it's mm-hmm. it's a hidden gem because there is... Uh, he doesn't necessarily put the ethical questions to bed. But he does a good job of saying, like, hey, we do the same stuff today. Yeah. This is what's... This is just in magnified version because it's been... You know, this is in the future. This is what we'll be like. 
Um, so let's stop doing this now so that we don't do it in the future. And it's, like you said, it made you angry. It takes really good literature to get you that invested. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does a good job with that. It's very pro-life. It, yeah, it is. It prevents a very pro-life argument. Prevents a pro-life argument? It presents. Presents. Oh, yeah, no, presents. It does. Um, and I would say in that... Um, Yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It is, it's wonderfully pro-life, kind of in the same sense that Doctor Who is, uh, at the risk yeah. of like, bringing in more and excessive sci-fi references. <laughs> um, yeah, Doctor <laughs> Who is about as pro-life as it gets. Yeah. Um, and a an additional book in the series, Speaker for the Dead, I would say uh, just kind of like a half step down in terms of literary quality. And I'll, I'll say like where the author falls flat on this is he... Orson Scott Card was a Mormon missionary in Brazil for a while, and I, he thinks he understands Catholicism, but the way he presents it in this book is a caricature. Mm-hmm. Um, and not, not necessarily an exaggeration, maybe not a caricature, but he doesn't get the fullness of it because I don't think he knew people who were absolutely in love with the Lord. Mm-hmm. He knew people who were in love with, uh, with tradition, which is a good thing, um, and people who... Uh, probably lived out the letter of the law without understanding the spirit of the law. So Mm -hmm. that's how he presents Catholics. But he tackles the question of evangelizing other species, which is so much fun. (laughs) So, so much fun. Um, And I love where he ends up with it. Um, So I would, I'd highly recommend both of them. Um, As you read Speaker for the Dead Judges, remember that he doesn't get Catholics fully. Yeah. And that's why I think he, like, if a Catholic were writing that book, they would present it in a much more, like, artistic and beautiful way. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there's my two cents on Speaker for the Dead. Sweet. Yeah. But, I mean, the way he writes the characters in those books are so intelligent. Yeah. And they are. Uh, really, really thought provoking. I would agree. Yeah. Well,. As much as we'd love to sit here and talk about books until Kingdom Come, we're out of time. That no. time has come. So <laughs> we'll just have to save that for another episode where we talk about books. Fantastic. Uh, I think this works really well for seeing Christ in everything um, because books are about everything. They're about life. Yeah. Um, well, until next time, have a great week. God bless everyone. God bless. Bye.